from newstalkzb.co.nz. It's the Mike Hosking Breakfast with BNZ. Okay there, and welcome to the rewrap for Wednesday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking Breakfast on News Talk ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn ZB, and this morning, um, mental health days. They're not really a thing, are they? Uh, foreign buyers. Keeps coming back, this one. And uh, tech fantasies that will never be reality, including streaming sport, perhaps. Uh, but before any of that, uh, let, uh, uh, we can't let a day go by without uh, poking the nurses, right, Mike? There is no more money on the table for the nurses, and uh, I congratulate both Grant Robertson and I think David Clark said the same thing yesterday. Uh, top-level nurse is now being offered 16% over three years, and they say you want to shuffle it about, you want to change it about, you know, do it differently, no problem at all, but the envelope's the same. Uh, we've got half a billion, billion dollars on the table. I wonder, in the background, I mean, good on them for standing their ground, and I take it them at their word, I take it they're not going to back down on this, but I wonder, in the background, whether the Labour Party, who are, of course, besties with the unions, they thought, well, here we go, let's, let's hand out some good, solid, happy day pay rises, and they thought that 9% was about as good as you could ever have dreamed, and they're now quietly seething that the unions have badly let them down. So in other words, what the Labour Party wanted was some good solid pay rises and to say, look, we're good to the worker, we're good to the unions and the workforce is getting a fair deal under this government, fair suck of the sav. They went out with their 9% and the nurses said, and now suddenly the government's going, hang on, that wasn't part of the deal and they don't know what to do now. They're sort of stuck between a rock and a hard place. They're going to play hardball. And of course, ironically, if you get stuck between a rock and a hard place, you'll probably need a nurse to fix you. So you better pay them. You'll need actual health days off work, not just mental ones. It's the biz on the Mike Hosking Breakfast with BNZ on News Talk ZB. Uh, you might have noted uh, a bit of a trend in the uh, the world of work at the moment and taking days off work. They're the mental health day. You know the mental health day? <clears throat> Never had one myself, doubt I ever will. You either like your job or you don't, as far as I'm concerned. If you don't, get another job. Anyway, at the Christchurch business, Pepper Stationery, Pepper Stationery. Uh, They're now encouraging staff to take the days as part of sick leave. The thinking is, of the owner, is that restricting days to physical illness simply doesn't work. And what you do is you allow your staff to take those mental days and that'll stop any hesitance or fear or judgment for taking one. Well, I bet it will. And if you wander up to half the people in this place and go, you want a mental health day, they'll be out the door. Mind you, it's that old thing, you know, the unlimited leave theory. You know, those companies that offer unlimited leave. It's been proven now in studies that if you offer people unlimited leave, people don't actually take it because the moment they do, they suddenly think, oh, geez, the guy next to me is not taking it and I'll probably get sacked. I wonder if uh, in major cities, your Aucklands, your Christchurches, your Taurongas, where there's traffic woes, do we need traffic health days just to let the road rage, rage ease off? You know, just you call your boss and you say, look, the traffic was so bad yesterday, I just need, need a day to... Get over it. Probably not. Just trying to find an excuse to get a day off, basically. Uh, now, uh, foreign buyers. This is something that's causing Mike Hosking to go a little bit crazy. So the bill was announced, and the gasps could be heard all over the land from anyone who'd ever had anything to do with property. And not only couldn't you buy, unlike Australia, where you could build, therefore increasing the stock, here you could build 
but you'd have to flick it on, thus making, of course, building pointless. As submissions were called for, everyone lined up from telcos to developers to councils explaining the bleeding obvious. It was a dumb idea and we would be the ultimate losers. And now we've got some changes. Allowing the pre-selling of up to 60% of big housing projects to foreigners, waiving the requirement to on-sell the big developments and allowing resident visa holders, not just permanent residents, to buy land without overseas investment permission. If you believe the rumours, it was Phil Twyford, to his credit, that saw these issues all along. David Parker was the roadblock, but whatever. They are at least seeing a little bit of reality, and the committee that's put all this forward is not united. The Nats and Act don't see it as going far enough. They still claim it's bad law. But here's how politics works. Governments get to do what they want. This one does a lot of stuff off the cuff based on ideology and with little regard for common sense and in, say, the oil exploration case or the three strikes, no regard for the wider view of the community. Given that, the best you can hope for is some sort of limit to the damage along the way with the overarching view that when another government gets to power, they see the error and correct it. So what we have is the halfway house approach. Faced with the overwhelming reality that they'd failed to understand the basics of business and building homes on a large scale, i.e. you need foreign money, Choking that supply off was a mistake. New Zealand has, does, and will always need, and we should add, want foreign money to make our economy tick, never more so than on housing. This is at least recognition that they failed to see it, realise it, or accept it until now. So in that sense, it's a relief. Common sense is winning the day after they worked out their mistake. Should it or could it be further changed? Well, of course it could, but this is better than it was, and what it was was a cluster. Yes, the Hosk is a big believer in common sense, of course, which is why he doesn't buy into uh, every tech innovation story that comes along, because he thinks a lot of it's just fantasy. Elon Musk has led investors around the mulberry bush so many times with his production promises, and yet no one seems to want to call it out for what it is, which is fraud. His cars can blow up and crash, he can miss every deadline he's ever set, and still we report each and every utterance around flamethrowers and driverless cockpits as though it's fact as opposed to science fiction. The predictions, if you think about it, were once the domain of the distant future, sometimes not even in our lifetime, but nowadays it's all happening tomorrow. I mean, think about it, 2020, 2020, it's the next election year. It's technically... A year and a half away. Honestly, ask yourself, do you really believe and expect to see flying taxis in Auckland in a year and a half's time? Elon, by the way, is still, as far as I know, claiming he can fly us to London in his rocket ship in 45 minutes flat, not long after we've caught the flying taxi to the airport. All the while, Optus this week, the Australian telco, can't stream the World Cup. They can't get a picture from Moscow to Sydney. How's Elon doing it with people? How's Uber doing it with a cab? Somewhere along the way, we lost the ability to rationalise all this. Somewhere along the way, a barrier must have crashed. And we went from people who queried how many of these fanciful things were ever possible to people who just go, let it wash over us. Maybe that's the trick. Maybe none of us actually believe it. We just can't be bothered raising questions around it anymore. What we have is a world that has outreached its technical capability. We think too far beyond our means. Nothing wrong with the concept, but we take that and put it into a real-world scenario that is farcical as well as fanciful. Uber's cab will cost $3 million a pop. A cabbie in a Prius belly makes a living in a car worth twenty grand. How are you making money out of $3 million? What's What's the fair? See, no one asks any of these logical questions. If there is a flying cab in Auckland in a year and a half's time, come back to me, I will eat my hat. Of course, he's, he's got a loophole there in that. I've never actually seen the Hosk wear a hat. Maybe a Trump... Uh, Amer- America first, make America great again. You know, one of those red caps. Maybe, maybe he might have one of those. I don't even know if he's. I've just seen that on his actual head.
So he might get out of there if, if there is a flying taxi going past. Uh, but uh, now, a Spark streaming the World Cup. Is this a tech fantasy as well? This is the big hurdle. What you're doing with a lot of people is going, look, this is all different and it's all new and it's not what you know. So trust us. Make the leap. You won't regret it. That's what salesmanship is all about. That's what their branding exercise is all about. And this is what Spark have to face up to, that they are for many New Zealanders trying to sell them an idea and a concept that they don't get and they don't necessarily even want to get. And so here are the theories. So Glenn's theory is a box, isn't it? So uh, Spark are going yeah, to produce a box. Speaking of salesmanship, because I just told my mum, as, as I reported yesterday, to go, go jump into the Vodafone TV, which is a box, which you just plug in and away you go. Yeah, but you say you say plug in because you're a technical person. I say plug in and sparks fly out and nothing happens. I mean, she, I mean you know, she, I don't think mum will be offended by me saying that she's no spring chicken. <laughs> and yet she's to be commended that she's on know, board. She, she's on board. And saying that I did spend at least 12 and a half minutes on the phone with her last night. Go. Um, because she was getting a message saying there is no internet connection. Well, see, here's the thing, and that's it. Now, now, my theory, my working theory at the moment is that while vacuuming or tidying, she has perhaps knocked over uh, the 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 Wi-Fi receiver yeah, all right. and perhaps unplugged that. And there's no, and you can't really blame Vodafone. No, you can't for that. Although some will. Having said that, rural New Zealand without question, has a broadband issue in this country, has an internet problem in this country. There is no argument about that, and how Spark get around that, I don't know. Here's the other theory that uh, conspiratorialists are working on at the moment. Spark do a deal with Sky, a platform that we all get and understand, and somehow shuffle money around the place, so that should things go pear-shaped, it's on Sky and available set to go, so somebody still gets the money, and you still get to go to a venue that you understand. And Sky gets the um, gets the well, they get to say, "Look, we've got the rugby as well." Something like that. Because that, that was a theory posited by our, by upper middle management, wasn't it? And it was very complicated. I was sort of uh, I was with them up to a point, couldn't and then I work couldn't get out. But I mean, all I all I want to do is I keep saying, all I want to know is come kick off. All I want to do is turn on my television and it's there. And and that's what they've got to sell you. Because some people get it. Some people are all into their tablets and their phones. And I get all of that. But a lot of us aren't. And nor do we want to be, nor do we have time. And so it is a massive hurdle. And under normal circumstances, it would have been a fascinating subject and an interesting thing to observe. It's made more so with Optus. Because you would have thought going in, if you'd rung Optus two weeks ago and said, hey, Optus, you set to go, this is going to be good. They would have gone absolutely fantastic. You wait till you see what we've got lined up for you. You you will not believe how technology is advanced and how good it's going to be. And look, here we are. It's a complete shambles. What, what, what happened to putting on our virtual goggles and sitting sideline with Richie <laughs> that's, McCaw? That's, that's what, right. I, I think it was supposed to be happening. When did that not happen? Exactly. What happened to that, eh? You know, I do have to concede to... I, I've got a lot of remote controls on my coffee table in the lounge now. And, you know... There's a certain combination of them I have to use if I want to watch Netflix, and then there's another, various different other things if I want to stream a movie, and then there's another, and then just to watch TV that's happening now on live, normal, free to air TV. And and you know when I think of it like that, my brain does start to spin around a little bit, and I set it up. I mean I know how it all works. Uh, I'm not surprised that everybody in my house and indeed even distant relatives ring me and ask how to make theirs go. I, I still... Is it... 
wrong of me to charge them for that advice. I am Glenn ZFB. That was the rewrap. Uh, we'll be back with more silly bits tomorrow. See you then.